Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You forget where I found you, Missy. I made you a princess. I can take it all away. I don't care what you've done. You're not that person anymore. You have to stop thinking that I'm going to be something that I'm not. I've got too many demons. That way is home. Your choice. Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. I'm your host, Arman Haddad. Today we are exploring the 2022 film Redeeming Love by director DJ Caruso. But before we take a trip to California during the gold rush, I am joined by a very special guest. Please welcome the film enthusiast, avid book reader, the beautiful, the love of my life, Miss Chelsea Fuente. Chelsea, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, I'm glad that you finally came on. A lot of people requested that you would come on to the show. Mm-hmm. You're finally here. And we're talking about a book that you just read turned into a film, Redeeming Love. So before we get into the movie Redeeming Love, I have to ask, how did you first encounter Redeeming Love? Well, I am on TikTok, as most people are. <laughs> and I was scrolling and I saw... um Basically, there's this thing called Book Talk. And so they recommend <laughs> different books. And so on Book Talk, there's this scene and it was called Redeeming Love. And they're saying this was like some, like a Christian novel. And it piqued my interest. So I downloaded it on Audible and it was, that's how I encountered it. While I was reading the book, though, they announced it would become a movie. So wow. that made me really excited. Wow. Okay. So the author is Francine Rivers. And I want to know more, a little bit more about this book talk. Um, <laughs> so I know there's many lanes of TikTok, as, yeah. as you and I know. There's a book talk. There's book talk. And it's really popular right now. Okay. So there's lots of recommendations. 
that's where I go for what should I read next? And this one just seemed interesting. So Okay. All right. Well, that sounds very wholesome because the only lanes I know are from, you know, your mom's house where they talk about like crazy meth heads and prison talks. And yeah. This is book talk. It's not like that. <laughs> it's a lot of like romance, you know, romance <laughs> suggestions. Nice. Cute books. So, yeah. Okay. So you read the book by Francine Rivers mm-hmm. and it is a Christian book. So how did you feel about the biblical allegories embedded within the book, Redeeming Love, how'd you feel about that? I think it was really um, subtle the way she did it. That's good. Because at first, I mean, I, I heard a little bit that it was like a Christian Christian love story. And so I was thinking it was going to be really like PG and it, it wasn't. There's a lot of like scary themes and real life mm-hmm. stories. and right. um, But I liked how it was sprinkled in throughout. That's good. Yeah, and I can see how if someone read this that they would feel inclined to explore their own relationship with God and mm. yeah. Okay. Kind of stories of how the broken get redeemed. Did you read um Chronicles of Narnia growing up? No, but I saw the movies. Okay. The Chronicles of Narnia, I didn't read the books, but I saw the movies. And what I remember of the Chronicles of Narnia is it's it's very overt and it's biblical imagery. Like Aslan is clearly Jesus, and you have like Adam and Eve that create all the people in Narnia, and you know the big bad witch, mm-hmm. who, Satan. Uh, with redeeming love, are the themes of Christianity buried and like kind of like disguised, where it's like it's not in the front and center, but like when you dig deep and you know what you're looking for, it's like oh, clearly this is about. God's love and like all that. Honestly, no, it's very different than that. Oh. So Chronicles of Narnia. Yeah. Like when you look at it, you're thinking of like the symbolism of like, oh yeah, that's definitely God. And like yeah. the white witch is offering like those Turkish delights and they look really good and it's like <laughs> temptation and like he goes astray and you know, but <laughs> this is more, it's kind of the whole story. I don't know how much I can go into it. You could get into it. I can get into it. Yeah. Okay. Well, Michael Hosea, this man, um, basically, this is set in the gold rush in California in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And he is just this farmer on this farm and he is praying for a wife. Like uh, he just wants a wife. And he goes into this town, this like gold rush town, and he sees this woman, Angel. Which he didn't know her name was Angel at the time, but she was walking through the streets. She's so beautiful. And he's like, God tells him in God's way that that is his wife. Mm-hmm. He's going to marry her. So come to find out she's a prostitute. Oh, dang. That's, and that was a, that was a twist. That is a twist. Yeah. And he's like, are you kidding, God? Really? Oh, Lord, you have a sense of humor, don't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is my wife? Okay. Um, So I wouldn't say, you know, the Christian themes are like symbolic in this mm-hmm. movie, in this book. It was pretty much a, the story about how to listen to God and, and the rewards from that. That's interesting. So I did a little bit of research into this book that you read. Um, So it's derived from the Old Testament book of Hosea, you know, the name of the main character, Michael right. Hosea. So I, I read a little bit of that, and there were some parallels. 
that we're going to get into. And I thought that was super interesting that, you know, out of all the love stories in the Old Testament, a lot of them are adapted from other books like Ruth. And it was very interesting that Francine Rivers chose the book of Hosea to adapt. So let's transition into the film. So we watched the film. What were your first thoughts leaving the theater or even sitting in the theater? Because you read the book and you saw it on screen. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that experience? I think it's always really cool when you can kind of see the characters that you read in a book come to life. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you have visions in your head of what people look like and how things would go down. And I feel like this movie did a beautiful job of setting the scene and like the fields of California. And it was very romantic in that way. Nice. Um, I think they, they did a great job. So I left leaving like, that was such a sweet movie. Well, that's good. It's such, such a, and I don't want to give it away. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, there are so many movies where I read the book and I saw the movie and I was just so disappointed. Oh, Not yeah. because like it didn't like match what I envisioned in my head, but it was just like, it wasn't a good like adaptation. It wasn't a good translation from book to film. Mm. And with Redeeming Love, even though I haven't read the book, I saw the way you react and you're like, oh, that was us, just like the book. But there's some deviations here and there, which we'll get into. So before we go any further into Redeeming Love, listeners of the show know what time it is. It's time for some elevator pitches. Please stand clear of the closing door. So for those that don't know, if you're selling a movie on a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So Chelsea, we're going to simulate that here on Seneca Today. Chelsea, I need you to summarize the film Redeeming Love within one minute while avoiding major spoilers. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, we're going to start in three, two, one, go. Okay, Redeeming Love is an inspirational story about this woman who was sold into prostitution as a kiddo. And then she was saved by this guy, Michael Hosea. And then he, you know, it's this faith filled story about how to listen to God, how to find God. And, um, and that even though you're broken and you've been through so much that you do have redeeming qualities and God sees those. And, um, it's just an extraordinary story of love, love for Michael and Angel and but for God for Angel and for God for Michael and acceptance. And I don't know. I think it was a truly lovely story. I don't want to give too much away, so I don't want to get into it. <laughs> nice. With 10 seconds to spare, you did a great job. Yes. So, yeah, this film demonstrates the biblical love that God has for his children through many shapes and forms um, in this movie. Uh, it's in the form of Michael Hosea, who symbolizes the Redeemer, is a, which is an Old Testament term for uh, a man that will take care of like uh, his woman, his family, all this stuff, like the ultimate provider, which then mirrors Jesus Christ with, you know, to the church. Um, so the movie takes place in the California Gold Rush, of the 1850s and which is 130 ish years ago and seems like a long time ago, but it really isn't mm-hmm. just a couple lifetimes ago. Wow. So yeah. So let's get into it. So you mentioned the character of angel, which is our main character played by Abigail Cohen. How did you feel about her character? Yeah. Angel is, she's beautiful. 
She's always been beautiful her whole life, um, but she's really damaged. And she's damaged from the experiences that she was put through, right. watching her mom, you know, be a prostitute and be treated poorly. And then, you know, her dad left her at an early age and, mm-hmm. you know, she had to make a life for herself. And the only thing she could find was prostitution. So she right. felt that's what she was worthy of. She didn't see any see it any other way. Yeah, because what's interesting with Angel is that she comes from a broken home. Um, and that's no fault of her own. Like it's just something that you're born into. Um, her mother in the beginning of the film is involved with this this man. I don't know if he's married or not, if he had Angel out of wedlock or not. But what I do know is her father really isn't in the picture. And I think that's key because that man ends up kicking Angel and her mother out of his home. And that right. just that just is a catalyst for everything that falls uh, in this film. Because like that led Angel's mother to, you know, she had nowhere to go. She had no way to make money. She had no skills, no money to her name, nothing. So she was like, well, she has to do what she has to do. Yeah. She got into, you know, the sex trade. Yeah. She had to do what she had to do. Um, it was really, they were just filled with despair, you know. That was that was tough. And, you know, for a Christian film, you know, I'm used to, like, the cheesy ones, like, God's not dead, and, yeah. like, all these, like, very surface-level problems, and, like, oh, your faith will overcome. Um, but with this, it's, like, truly Old Testament, where it shows, like, your main heroes are going to go through it they're gonna go through turmoil and and the valley of death and like that's symbolized with angel and her mother because like it's not a happy story it, right. it's, it it ends quite tragically because like what's shocking is i didn't read the book so mm-hmm. i didn't know what i was going into um angel's mother succumbs to illness mm-hmm. because of her profession and like i was wondering i was like how did she contract it i mean you're a nurse mm-hmm. by trade like is it because like she was in close proximity with these people and one of them probably happened to have like TB and that's how she contracted it. Yeah. Or also there used to be just different diseases that we don't have now today. So I was thinking dysentery. Um, I don't know if that's right. Probably. But yeah, she got real sick, real sick. She drank dirty water. I think it was just being, you know, poor hygiene, being around people who are poor hygiene, you know, um, yeah, dysentery, cholera. But I also could be wrong because I don't. Now I'm looking it up, and it says dysentery is diarrhea. So it mm-hmm. didn't seem like she was she was dying from something else more interesting. Yeah, I think it was maybe like her contracting a VD, a VD, venereal oh. disease could have uh, compromised her immune system, and then she could have contracted. It, it looked like tuberculosis. Yeah, maybe it was TB. Poor lady. Yeah. But yeah, it left Angel alone at like eight years old, essentially. Uh, yeah. And the guy who was basically being, I don't want to say pimp because I don't know if that's right, but like pimping out her mom, took Angel and was like, she's pretty, and took her to some house uh-huh. uh, brothel and said, you know, here you go. Um, and that's when we met um, Duke. Yeah. You want to unpack Duke? Yeah. Duke is a SOB. Yeah. And he's played by Eric Dane, who we know as 
Cal Jacobs from Euphoria. Or McSteamy from Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) (laughs) Depends. You know, when I was watching it, I know he's been in other stuff, but I was was like, where do I know that guy from? And then when season two of Euphoria started, I'm like, that's where I know him from. He was a bad, bad man with an Irish accent. (laughs) Yep. He plays the villain very well. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, but unlike Cal Jacobs, who has sort of a, you know, you kind of feel empathetic towards him because of his story with uh, Duke, there's like no redeeming qualities with him. No, he's essentially this dude who makes his money from obviously being pimping out all these ladies in his brothel, but also himself personally likes to only be with little girls. So in the book, it was more explicit about like, Mm-hmm. Basically, once Angel, you know, was sold to Duke and his brothel, you know, was used by him. And then when she got to be a teenager, she was too old. So then she was um, just wanted to escape. Right. Being a prostitute. And um, so she did. But turns out life outside of the brothel was just as hard. Right. And. I thought that was interesting because the film didn't really explore that with Duke. I know, you know, it's a two hour movie. Yeah. You know, you're boiling the book down into, you know, a two hour movie. Um, what's interesting is, so like going back to Euphoria, like, uh, Cal Jacobs is, you know, and I would say an accidental pedophile because like he didn't know that Jules was underage. But he is a predator. He is a sexual predator. And, you know, he has these very uh, dangerous uh, predilection towards women and mm-hmm. guys, too, I assume. Um, but with Duke, it's very explicit, like, as you put it in the book, that he is a pedophile. Yeah. He only wants to be with little girls. Children. It's so gross. As disgusting. Like, yeah, in the movie, it's kind of not it's sanitized. Just like, it's but- just pointed towards like you're like oh maybe but in the book it's pretty it you know i wonder why they did that and if i could unpack that a little bit because like i looked into the film and the screenwriter is francine rivers she wrote oh, the screenplay really? i didn't know that mm-hmm. and i thought that's important because it's like okay maybe like you know uh miss you know something was lost in translation you know from a screenwriter from the original author but it is the original author, and I just wonder why she downplayed that. Do you think it's like to get like I don't know a PG thirteen rating because it wasn't R, right? Do it was th- only PG thirteen. So maybe that was the reason, or maybe she just didn't even want to give him the satisfaction of <laughs> getting into it. Like the more important thing here is that, right? You know, uh, Angel found that she was worthy and no matter what she had been through, no matter how broken she thought she was, you know, she was still worthy of God's love and still worthy to be with Michael. Right. And let's get into their relationship. So Angel, you know, because of the plight that mirrors her mother, like she got into prostitution, not by choice, but survival. And also she's a slave. Like Mm -hmm. she's enslaved by, uh, lack of a better word, her, the pimps that control her uh, because Duke sold her to the Duchess. No. So she ended up escaping Duke's brothel and she gets on a boat and 
she goes to California. Or maybe, yeah, she goes to California. Okay. And basically, she gets robbed and um, she's down on her luck. And this woman finds her oh. called the Duchess. And Duchess finds her and says, hey, you can be a prostitute for me, but I'm going to let you have a cut of the money. You can start making money. You didn't make money before. I'm going to help you make money. So Angel's actually under the illusion that she can go to this brothel and she's been there for so long. She's like making gold. She's, uh, you know, acquiring wealth yeah. so that one day she can just leave, be by herself. She doesn't want to be by anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and well, it turns out that the Duchess was just taking all the money. Right. And she was just a slave at that point, but Angel didn't know that. Right. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like she thinks she is working for this uh, brothel, but actually she's very much trapped within it. And the Duchess is siphoning money from her. Yeah. Because what's interesting with the film is, you know, since it's so old, they're paying with gold dust. Yeah. And gold. It's like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> they're all gold miners yeah they go into her her room and they just dump straight up gold in her bowl yeah of gold and i'm like whoa that's that's a lot of money right there I know. um so yeah let's get into michael's character so michael is a farmer uh who just moved into the area is that correct you know he was making his own little stead steadfast is that what they call it like a stead uh, homestead homestead he's making a homestead and um creating a life for himself and uh essentially you know in the book we learned that his sister had recently died um right and he was going into town because he has this relationship with one of the stores there so he would sell goods to this general store yeah and that's when he you know encountered angel yeah angel's walking through the main road down the streets. Yeah. And he was talking to, I guess, like a friend of his in town. And he mm -hmm. was like, Oh Lord, you have a sense of humor, don't you? <laughs> that's the man, that's the woman I'm going to marry. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then his friend was like, Oh, you know who that is. Right? Yeah. Like, that's Angel. Like you're going to have to pay money to be next to her. And he was like, What? What? She's a prostitute, man. You don't want anything to do with her. <laughs> <laughs> the accents are killing me. <laughs> Yeah, like, oh my God. So, classic story um, when it comes to like Christianity. It's like um, either a man or a woman sees someone down on their luck in a very precarious uh, position. And I was like, oh, of course, of course, God's going to give me this person. I'm asking for, you know, the wife or husband of my dreams and ends up being somebody that you don't expect. And in Michael's case, it ends up being a prostitute. And not just any prostitute, the highest uh, costing prostitute in this town. Right. So, yeah, let's get into Michael. So, Michael is uh, our main protagonist in this story. He portrays God. So, going from book to film, how did you feel about Michael's character? Because we talked at length about Angel's character. So, what did you think about Michael? Was he a good representation of how he was portrayed in the book? I would think they were evenly portrayed. I like both the character in the book and the movie, yeah. how they were portrayed. Because off air, when we were leaving the theater, you said that Michael's characteristics were different in the book versus the film. 
of course they had to like abbreviate some things for time um but do you think something's got lost in translation like his motives or i guess his plight too because he's going through stuff equally as angel is throughout this story like it's not like he's like superman or edward from twilight like <laughs> superman i'm gonna i'm gonna save you from your problems like no he, he has issues too like no yeah he he isn't just like self-sacrificing like i think the movie may have portrayed him as just like self-sacrificing and like just whatever angel needs and like it's easy to just do what god says it's so simple yeah you know with a smile on your face but it's not easy and in the book i feel like it kind of flushes out that struggle better like he him and god have a lot of conversations where he's just like are you serious like Right. You gave me this lady. She, you know, you know, it's not her fault that she's so damaged and broken, but like mm-hmm. she's making this really hard because she keeps wanting to run away from me. Right. And all I've done is shown her an honest life. Like this is, you know, I'm not taking advantage of her. Like he wouldn't sleep with her for the longest time mm-hmm. until she, you know, until they were really in love right. with each other and that she trusted him. And, um, and Angel's hard to break. Like, she is stone right. because she's been through so much and all her trauma, she's stone. So him trying to break through that um, was really, really difficult. And that I think was shown more in the books and the movie. In the movie, I feel like he was just kind of like, I just listen to God and like, this is what I have to do. <laughs> like, she'll come around. I trust the Lord. I trust you, Lord. <laughs> Which is so lovely. Like, it's so wonderful. But like, if we're talking like real world situations, it's so hard to do. Right. Because like in this film, I thought it was a pretty, it wasn't like cheesy. Like Mm -hmm. you you definitely felt the pain between these two characters because like, you know, he sees her in the street and was like, Oh my God, he's so enamored. And he wants to essentially save her from her, from her situation. So he goes into the brothel, pays to be, you know, with her, but he doesn't like have sex with her or or anything. He's like, I just want to talk to you. And she's like, what? what you're he's she's like you're disturbed like, <laughs> all all men want is one thing like why would you come here and talk to me you're so dumb like you're wasting your money but sure come back 10 times and talk to me like whatever you know yeah like he keeps on continually like going with her to like try to warm her up to him and i just thought that was really interesting because like in the film it, it comes across as like he's I don't know, this like hopeless lover, mm-hmm. like helplessly in love with this girl. And I just thought it was interesting. And what was very insightful with this film is it didn't pull its punches, literally, because like in the brothel, we've seen straight up abuse towards women. Like, uh, we, so like hierarchy of like this brothel is like, so the Duchess is the leader. She, yeah. she's she's the madam yeah she is the madam she is the business owner business girl, lady hashtag yep. girl boss yeah and then underneath her are her the muscle the lackeys that keep everyone in line make sure the dudes the johns aren't getting too crazy and make sure the women right and he, she listening. had a lackey what was his name i forget his name mcgowan 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 was really the muscle behind Duchess because Duchess is just like a lady. She's a lady. And McGowan is this brute who like wants, basically just wants to beat up Angel because she's insolent and like doesn't give him any emotion because she doesn't have any to give. 
Right. You know, he wants women to be afraid of him and scared. And she's just like flat face, like you kill me, do it. Like you want to punch me, go for it. Like you can't yeah. make me feel anything. And he didn't like that. So actually what happens is he beats her almost to death, beats yeah. her almost to death. And that's when make Michael comes through and like buys her, like mm-hmm. saves her out of there. And yeah. She agrees that he waited for her to say like, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. and she did. Yeah. And like, that's where I guess like the second and third act of this film take place. So like Michael buys Angel from the Duchess. Yeah. Buys her freedom. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, whatever, dude, like I'll play quote your wife or whatever you're into. And yeah. I'll leave as soon as I can. And he's like, no, no, like. <laughs> you're my wife now but like she she agrees to it because right. like he like gets on the knee and was like i know this isn't the best time after she got beat up right it's like will you marry me she's like sure <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay and i was a little bit touched i was like oh that's so sweet yeah but like the the movie excelled by not making it look easy or like happily ever after because like right. there was as you alluded to she leaves them multiple times. Like, yeah. like this is quite a dramatic transition for both these characters. And like, as a person who came from literal slavery, sexual slavery, I don't blame her for one, not trusting men and two being like, like, fuck this. I'm leaving. Yeah. I mean, in her head, she knows this to be true. Men only want you for one thing. You know, you're just an object Sex. and that's how you can pay pay him back so she's thinking i gotta pay this guy back he saved me you know oh we're married okay yeah yeah what do you need what do you want from me and then i can go basically what she wanted to do the first time was escape from michael (laughs) um so she could go get her money back from the duchess because duchess said hey listen um i know we had a deal but all your money is gone and actually you owe me now and so angel was pretty um pissed about that yeah like i just thought it was so slimy and despicable that she did that because like it's like oh you're making money but actually you owe me money it's like she will never have enough money because like the duchess will constantly move the goalposts oh totally right out of her reach and she's wearing the finest silk dresses she's eating butter and cheese which was so hard to get in california at the time because it had to be transported and everything um so it's like the most expensive food and milk. Meanwhile, Angel and her friends in the brothel are eating like basically mush, like oatmeal mush every day mm-hmm. and like one glass of milk. Yeah, rationed milk. And so she's like, what the heck? I've been living like this. You owe me, you know, she wanted to get out of there. But um, by the time she realized she was being taken advantage of and wanted to leave, Duchess set McGowan on her. And that's when she got beat up. Right. And, you know, that's how everything happened so yeah the originally the the time that she wanted to the first time she left michael was to go find the duchess and get her money yeah so she could be free for real Mm -hmm. but turns out and i don't know if this is a spoiler get into it we're into it (laughs) the brothel was set on fire and mcgowan dies and actually her friends her friends who were in the brothel die in the fire as well yeah because it's a ghost town and the reason why the fire started it was because Angel just put a little thought in his head, like after you know the whole incident of him beating her up, and um, she said, "McGowan, like you're no better than me. You know, you're just like me. Mm-hmm. 
Like you're you're a dog on a leash and you are controlled by the Duchess. Right. As am I. And like that realization was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna burn this place down. Right. And he did. But he ends up dying in that fire. <laughs> well, you know. Goodbye, uh, McGowan. Freedom and death, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. So uh from there, um, you know, she's she is trying the whole uh, marriage thing out with with Michael and it's it's difficult. It's difficult for both of them. Yeah. She doesn't want to be in the relationship and he's trying and it's hard on him. And there's this one scene that broke my heart, which it was Michael in his stable, his work area, just crying. Yeah. How'd you feel about that? That was heartbreaking. Cause I get it. You know, you're trying your best. You're trying to show someone an yeah. honest life and yeah. you're really loving her and um, she just can't see it. She, you know, she's hardened. Mm-hmm. How do you break through that? How do you get through that wall? Right. And he's frustrated and frustrated with God that why did you, why do I have to be with this like, difficult woman? <laughs> you know? Um, but she, the thing is like, she deserves a good life though. You know, it's not her fault. She's been through so much trauma and all this awful, horrific situations, you know? So she does deserve love. And like Michael's there and wants to love her. And I think that she would like to be loved if she knew what it meant, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And a defining moment for their marriage is when that new couple moved in, the Altmans. Well, yeah, they come across this family on the road. And their bandwagon is um, basically broken down and uh, Angel and Michael basically save them and say, come to our farm. We'll take care of you. You know, Um, we'll show you this kindness. And really, it was Michael saying that Um, in the book. It was, you know, she was thinking ahead, like, why do we have to go out of our way to help these people? (laughs) Like, you, you know, we have a life. So, you know, Michael opens up his little tiny house and he has the family sleep in there. So it's like a, a mother, father and like. I think two or three kids. Yeah. Um, one of them being Miriam, who's this older kind of teenage girl. Um, and they just show this kindness to this family, help them get back on their feet. And they just become really close friends. Yeah. Um, especially Miriam and Angel. Yeah. So it's like a really good friendship. And um, Mir- she ends up telling Miriam pretty quickly that she was a prostitute and she was really honest. Yeah. Um, so that family knew that about her, but still acted like it was not a big deal and just accepted her for who she was. And um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was, uh, it showed the importance of like community for yeah. like your faith for your like, marriage and like you can't do it alone type of thing you need other people in your life orbiting your life and for the altman's coming that was like i felt like a breath of fresh air for the couple um but uh even though angel was like warming up to michael and like truly beginning to love him yeah she felt like for some reason like she wasn't good enough for him or like yeah she was really warming up to her life she really liked the simple life. I'm going to go like in the garden. I'm going to like maintain this garden. She learned to cook, which was a huge deal 
yeah. for her. And it actually is a huge deal in this story. Um, you know, she didn't know any skills or trades or how to take care of herself really. Right. Um, so she learned how to cook and she was really good at it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and of cooking with what she had on the land. Right. Um, and you know, she's living in these like drabby, drabby dresses where she used to live in like silk. And so this whole right. new life has been such a breath of fresh air for her. And she's really falling in love with Michael mm-hmm. at this point. Right. She has this renewed purpose in her life. Um, instead of like being underneath a tyrannical person like the Duchess, she is free and she is with an equal, her new, right. her new husband, Michael. Um, and it, like you said, she is warming up to him and like seeing herself in the role of being a wife. Um, but I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70 percent of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Because of her past, because of the demons within her, she just couldn't fully get into it. And I don't know if it was because of that guilt of why she truly left um, Michael. There was, so there's three total times where she left. The first time she left, she was going to go get her money from Duchess. Second time. Second time, pretty sure was because, I don't know if we talked about Paul yet. We haven't talked about Paul yet. But let me tell you about Paul. Okay. I'm listening. So Paul, he comes. Who's Paul? So Paul is uh, basically Michael's dead sister's husband. Yeah. So that's how he knows Michael. So he stops by after being out in the gold rush for a long time. Um, he comes to the um, homestead and is just looking for some relief. And, you know, Michael's happy to see him. And funny enough, Paul sees Angel and is like, I know her. Where do I know her from? Oh, yeah, that's Angel. That's the prostitute from Paradise, which is the little gold rush town. Pair of dice. Paradise. <laughs> so, you know. He recognized her and she realized, oh, yeah, he knows who I am. Um, so Paul gets her, you know, aside and is like, I know who you are. I'm going to tell Michael who you are and like what you're about because you're basically you're gross and you're awful. You tricked him like yeah. my brother-in-law's pure and is a godly man. He would never be with someone like you. You're, like, you're gross. Um, so she's like, go right ahead. Go tell him. <laughs> go ahead, go get him. You know, he he found me. He's the one who had to convince me to be with him, you know, of nothing to prove to you. Yeah. So, you know, Paul tells Michael and Michael's like, yes, I know this. Like, Paul, get a grip. You know, she's my wife now. Like, you have to respect that. And yeah. Everything while 
the second time that um, Angel leaves is really because, you know, she feels, I think, she feels not good enough for Michael. She doesn't feel good enough. So she leaves with Paul on his bandwagon back to paradise. Yes. And what happened on the way back to paradise? Pretty awful. But Paul basically says, you know, I know what you're all about and you owe me for this ride, you know. But and I have no money. She, she, doesn't say that. she doesn't have anything. She doesn't have any money. She really doesn't. And she's like, well, I only know one way to pay you. Yeah. And he's like, yeah. So he takes advantage of her. and Right. And so. And that's Michael's like close. I mean. It's essentially like a, his, his brother. brother. Yeah. Yeah. And at the end of that interaction, this was really good. She's like, you know, I know what I am, Paul. I know what I am. But you said you were his brother. You call him your you call him your brother. And you did this to his wife. Ooh. And another detail that like personified that statement was before she like confronted him verbally, like after they had sex, she was throwing up. Out oh, of yeah, guilt. She's really sick. Like, just like completely disgusted of what they did. And like, Paul yeah. wasn't in a good state of mind either. He was like, oh, gee, like overwhelmed with guilt. Like, what have yeah. I just done? I, I think have done she that. got used to the life of being with Michael and like not having to use her body like that. And yeah. Not have to feel like nothing. And so she's starting to, I think she was starting to feel more mm. like that wall was breaking down a little bit. And so, she wasn't able to just be a stone wall and let things happen to her like she was before. She wasn't able to do that. So she felt all of those emotions. And yeah. Because correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Michael and Angel, you know, consummated their marriage at that point. Unless I'm wrong. Because if they didn't, and like if Michael was truly still saving himself for her, because like the whole reason why he didn't want to sleep with her is because like he wanted to make sure, like you said, that she truly loved him and wasn't like a transactional type yeah. like to have the emotions there with the act. I don't remember. I don't remember. Right. Because like if they, if Michael didn't, oh my God, that would, that would make the situation even worse for Angel. It's like, how could I have done this? I, it's, it's like a true betrayal in every sense, like her doing that with Paul. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, at that point, too, like, you know, they're married, but to Angel, she's like, but what is marriage? Right. Like, what is it? I, we're not. I could just say we're not married and we're not, you know? Yeah. So I think it's more of she felt so stuck of how am I going to make it in this world? The only thing I can offer is my body. That's it. That's all I have to offer. And that sucks. And, it, you know, she was just used again. And. Luckily, Michael comes in and saves her, right? Like, right. basically, she gets to paradise. She finds out, like, her old brothel is burned down. She's definitely not getting her money back from Duchess. So she just finds a saloon, and um, one of the saloon owners is like, I know this girl. She, You know, you can have a room here as long as I can have you anytime that I want. Um, you can be here, and we can earn money, and... Mm-hmm. And Angel sees it as an opportunity, like, yeah, maybe this time it'll work. Like, I can do this on my own, you know? Um, 
And and she just and I think that all stems from how unworthy and unloved she felt or how unlovable she felt. Yeah. Um but anyways, Michael finds her in this brothel and is like, "Do you want to come home?" Like, and she's like, "Yeah, I do." Yeah. yeah. She he she he saved her again oh. a second time. Yes. So brings her home and and I think um then we they get closer. She's getting used to that right. life, and then the Altmans come by. Yes, right. And then they're forming this relationship with the Altmans, mm-hmm. and she's starting to see that like charity that Michael did for that family, and is like, that's so lovely and. He's a good man. She's forming bonds with the, their children and like, yeah, you know, especially there was a, I forget her name, but there's like a little girl that she really bonds with and um, she feels Ruthie. like, yeah, Ruthie. Yeah. And she feels kind of like a mom. Mm. She's like, kind of feels like she mothers her and right. the baby's really attached to her and she, she feels, you know, like. The, I don't know, like a missing part of her life that she didn't know she was missing. And um, and that leads to a discussion. Yes. With Michael. Right. Because, mm-hmm. so because of her profession, um, it's kind of a, a detriment if one gets pregnant, then, you know, you can't make money for whoever you're working for. Mm-hmm. So I think it was Duke. Yeah, it was Duke, the main gross guy. Okay. In yeah. the beginning. Yeah. Duke. Um, it's in the movie. It's not fully explained. It's, it's all implication. And I thought it was like not only an abortion, mm-hmm. but also like, uh, like a hysterectomy. Is, is that a female genital oh, mutilation? Close. So female mutilation, I'm pretty sure is where I guess it could be anything, but that I think that's when you don't enjoy sex. I like take off. The, yeah. Yeah part that yeah no that he was making it so she wouldn't get pregnant again so i yeah they alluded to that she had they made her have an abortion and they took out the parts yes that would help her have a baby Yeah, because duke said we're not going to have this problem ever ever again again. yeah oh my god what so then she's got to kind of tell michael this guy who is just like the picture perfect dude who would be the best dad and, you know, yeah. wants a family and wants to create this life that she can't have kids yeah. ever, never. So, it's like, not only do I come from a checkered background yeah. that you rescued me from, but also the one thing that you want yeah. with me, a child, I can't give that to you. Yeah, never. I wouldn't ever be able to. And you need to like you know, come to terms with that. And, you know, he does. He's like, this is. And it's the same situation of like, you kind of see him struggle with that a little bit in the movie where he's crying. Yeah. You know, but he still loves her and he's committed to being with her. Yeah. You know, he wasn't kidding when he said, I choose you. You're the love of my life. You're my wife, no matter what, you know? Yeah. And so this is the part of the movie where she leaves for the third time, the final yeah. time, just like in the Bible, where Peter, you know, uh, denies Christ three times. Uh, Angel denies the marriage to Michael three times because, like, she leaves for a third and final time. Um, and oh, it's so heartbreaking because, like, she tells Michael, you're better off with uh, Miriam because, like, 
you know, like she can give you what you want, a child. Like she, she's good. Like she's a good girl. Like I could see like a friendship bonding, take that even further and right. fall in love with her. Like she's better than me. Yeah. I was a prostitute. Yeah. She, well, yeah. The thing is, is that she was so close to Miriam. So she knows her character. She was just a sweet, honest girl. And she's like, well, she would be good with Michael because he's a sweet, honest boy. <laughs> um, and she can like bear children and like wants this life, you know? Right. Also, I feel like we skip passes, but the Altmans made their own like homestead, like just a couple miles away. They're like, we're staying. Yeah. They were taken in and then they're like, we're going to stay. Yeah. Because we like you guys and we want to be near you and we like this land. Let's do it. Yeah. So that's the good news. And well, during this time, Angel and Michael, that's when it's like, you almost get tricked. You're thinking like, everything's going so well. Like she's finally trusting him. She's kind of letting him in. She seems really happy. Uh You know, it's, you know, she's looking to Michael like he is my safe space and he's he's saved me. Like she's looking to him like this, you know, savior, right? Yeah. And but anyways, she realizes, you know, I can't give him children. I know who would be a perfect match. It's gonna be Miriam. It's gotta be Miriam. Right. So she decides to leave again for the third time. And so she leaves a note and says, you know, be with Miriam and everything. And she escapes to San Francisco. Yeah. We all have a shadow within our hearts and she can't let go of her past. It's just too much. So she wants yeah. to give Michael what she thinks he needs and wants. Yeah. So she leaves and goes to San Francisco and she. And like, I feel like Michael would have been 100% fine. Yeah. Oh, like in thriving to just keep her and have her and have her. Just be herself. He would have just loved her yeah. until they died. Absolutely. And she just could not see that no. impossible. Because guess what? Now she loves him. She loves him so much that she wants him to have everything that he wants. And she just knows that it shouldn't be her. If you love something, then you let it go. And that's what she did. She's like, I'm going to let you go because you deserve a good life and I'm not good. So, yeah. But she goes to San Francisco and she makes a new life for herself. And what's uplifting is that she doesn't revert back to her old life of being, you know, a prostitute in a brothel. She becomes an honest woman and she becomes a cook for this uh, restaurant in town. And, you know, it's she's the main chef. and She's running the show. And It's it's sweet. It is sweet. Because she learned that skill from Michael, too. Yeah. Like, isn't that sweet? Like, she she knows how to cook, and she's actually a pretty good cook. So she finds a saloon, and they have um, pretty gross food. And she's like, I'll be your chef. And they're like, all right, you can have these quarters. Like, And nothing sexual, nothing, you know. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to trade her body for anything. It was blissful to her. She felt useful. And, like, although she's, like, mourning kind of her relationship with Michael – she does feel like she maybe one day could be happy because she can create this life where she's her body isn't being used. Right. It's renewed purpose. Yeah. But there's insidious ulti- dun, dun, dun. Uh, figures in San Francisco. <laughs> Agents of Duke yeah. find out that she's the chef at this uh, little, I guess, inn? Sure. Restaurant. And they confront her 
It's like, we know who you are. Either you can come with us and work for us again, or we're going to destroy this man, his livelihood, everything. Which one? Yeah. And they Well, they see her and they see what's going on. So they don't even give her the chance before they burn down this inn. They right. burn it down to the ground. Yeah. And see her in the rubble trying to help save this and save the owner and everything. And they get her while she's vulnerable and say, yeah, you're coming with me or we're going to like F up the owner of this Mm -hmm. establishment. It'll be your fault. Mm -hmm. And so she goes and lo and behold, it's Duke from her past. Spoiler. Yes. Sorry, (laughs) but he's back. (laughs) Yeah. And he sees her and he's like, heck yeah, money opportunity. You escape me. One time, it'll never happen again. You escaped once, it'll never happen again. Right. And now she is in the clutches of Duke. Yeah. And while this is happening, um, she is being, I guess, sold to the highest bidder at this. Uh, yeah. I don't really know what like it is. Like this casino, brothel type place. Yeah. Um, Duke dresses her up back in those silks. Yes. And heavy makeup and is just like you're gonna make me so much money you're back thank god puts her in front of a stage in the movie and um this is the point this is a huge turning point for angel Mm. because her relationship with god really was in non-existent right from the beginning yeah. And but she's seen so such example, right? F- from Michael and from the Altmans and even from the store owner who like hired her to be the cook. Like she sees all these mercies and she wants to believe, she wants to be worthy. You know, her mom was a devout Catholic um and read the Bible. She wants to believe, but her mom died and her mom was taken away from her. Right. And it was such a hard story. So how could she? How could God do that? How could he? So you know, and and look at the life she's had. So right. this becomes this turning point where she finally, just finally looks to God and is like, I like, I need you. I'm looking to you. Like, please, you know, help me get out of the situation, not just for me, but for the other girls in this situation, because there were other small children in the right. clutches of dupe that she noticed. And, and please don't let them have the life that I had. Um, and so she just surrenders. And there's like this moment of surrender where she just is like, I do believe and I need, I need, I need you. Mm. And as soon as she does that, she is, um, she is redeemed at that point. Mm. Like in the movie, um, it gave her the courage to speak out. It gave her the courage to get on this, basically get on the stage and be like, Duke is an awful man. There are children here in the back. Like we are forced to be here. Nobody wants to be here. Please help us, please. And I think that courage to tell the truth, yeah, is what saved her in this in the movie. In the book, it was a similar <laughs> similar experience. Um, it was basically the Altmans. Once upon a time, they were singing like these like Christian songs and. Um, They were beautiful. Amazing grace. Yeah, something like that. And, you know, finally she gets on that stage and she ends up singing one of them. 
And there was a gentleman in the back who like, I guess just like felt God's oh. spirit, like from her singing. I think and was I know like, why. Yeah, I think what? I know. I just connect the dots. Okay. So she was probably singing Amazing Grace. Okay. Because in the film, there's a surprise cameo of a very well-known African-American actor, uh, Marshall Bachman Tachana. So if she was singing Amazing Grace, the character is 1850. Mm-hmm. Emancipation Proclamation is not that old. So he could have been a former slave and felt like, you know, if you look at the lyrics, you know, how sweet the sounds, my chains are broken. Yeah. It's a song, you know, sung by those slaves in the, in the Southern states. And he could have been influenced and driven like, you know, God's moving me to save this woman and whoever's, you know, in, under Duke. So I think that it plays a major factor in why he helped. Because I was wa- I was watching, I'm like, I mean, it's a good thing one person believed her, but it's like, I think that was the reasoning behind why he was moved to act. Interesting. Does that make sense? Yeah. That's just my theory. Yeah, I just, that was the book, so I don't, like, exactly remember what song it was, but that's a really good theory. Yeah, because in the movie, it's like, Oh, he's a pedophile, and like people are like liar. I don't believe you. And like after that, dude helped or went back there and like confronted Duke and like helped save people. Children ran out yeah. from the stage, and like everyone there was like, "Oh, he is a pedophile." Yeah, there's children here. They wanted to beat him up. I'm pretty certain they ripped him apart. Oh, I'm pretty sure they killed him. Yeah, <laughs> killed him dead, which he deserved. To be honest, and um. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like when I'm thinking of this whole book and this whole movie, looking at it from different perspectives as far as like someone who might be secular and reading it, or I'm sorry, watching it. Okay. Versus Christian. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I still think it's a good story. It is a good story. I don't think it's it's too heavy, heavy handed on like, you should turn to God. You got to do it. Like, I think it's pretty inspiring and encouraging, but that's because I'm Christian. I feel like if you're not, it's still like a beautiful story about like, um, I don't know, from overcoming like your trauma and being loved and feeling lovable and, right. you know, being accepted for who you are and exactly. um, that there is still happiness, even though you've been through a lot of horrific things in your life and a lot of women have. Right. Because especially. Like- yeah, because like the core of this story is the relationship between Michael and Angel. Like that is the core. And like it's not cheesy, like, oh, and then God helped them and everything's good. It's like it's not that easy. It's, it's a very messy relationship for them to get to the end where they're like, okay, like we are husband and wife, you know, through the, you know, dragging each other through the mud. And then when you get to the ending, it's satisfying, like, oh, there is hope. In marriage, like even though, like they both are, it's it's a very tumultuous relationship, and it's like in in all regards, it should not work, but it does work. Yeah. So it gives hope to the viewer, like ah, my marriage can work too. Yeah. Yeah. So, are you ready to get to the final segments of this show? Sure. Okay, we're gonna get off the fence on a few questions, so. We're going to answer definitively yes and no. Okay. In regards to a series of questions. 
with redeeming love. So my first question for you is, was Michael a simp? <laughs> no. Do I have to say why? Yeah. No. Because, <laughs> no, he's not a simp. Oh, my <laughs> God. He is a good boy, an honest boy, man. <laughs> Let's just say man. Um, he was a man. Who, you know, has this beautiful wife, and he just wants a wife, and and God gives him angel. Because, like, when I was watching this movie, I didn't read the book, but I was like, the dude was like going way out of his way to like, oh, I'm, I will be with Angel and like, like really like well, he really money had a, to yeah. see her. And I'm like, is, he it, just is has this dude? Trust. Like, he has trust in God that like, if God said that this is his wife, then it is. And so he's going to do everything in his power. Like, yeah. I was getting simp. I was like, is he like going to like drink her bath water? Ew. <laughs> no. Like he was like no, but like the way you describe, because like I even sounds like he's kind of kind of simpy, and you're like not in the book, no, not in the book, completely different. Mm-mm. How is he different in the book? It, it's just more, like I said earlier, like I don't know. It's not just I don't know how to explain it. Like he is more. He's having troubles. He has troubles trusting that this is the right thing that he's that he's doing and that is it worth it like you know she's been through so much you know not only oh is that hard on her it's like well what about me like mm. don't i deserve like better too and all right um wish the movie dived into that a little bit more it could have made the movie like maybe like 10 minutes longer yeah and i think that would have fleshed his character out even more i even- think they tried to with him like crying in the barn we need more crying scenes yeah get in the barn <laughs> Go cry. You could have cried in front of her. Like, oh, yeah. Don't you understand? I thought it's like, oh, I feel that. And that was a lot in the book. It was a lot of, hello, I love you with all my heart. When are you going to accept it? There's yeah. nothing you could do, nothing you could could have done yeah. to make me stop loving you. Don't you get it? And she just is a little stonewall girl. Yeah. But eventually not. Right. So my so next no, question. Not a sim. All right. All right, all right. So do you think Michael did the right thing to save Angel from slavery? Yeah. It's a great thing to do. I agree. Like even yeah, though of course. even though it wasn't it definitely was a rough road in almost every regard. But I think in the end, not only did he secure her freedom, but also taught her not all guys are scumbags. The world isn't complete evil place. Right. There is good. She's not alone. Yeah. Yeah. There's beauty. There are good people like the Altmans, like Michael. Yeah. Like the store owner who gave her a job. And she can be useful in other ways other than her body. And I think we skipped over this, but once she was saved from um, Duke's clutches at the very end, she started like this school for women who were in prostitution and wanted to be better. Right. Who wanted to escape that life. Yeah. So she actually did a lot of good. And I think that was for like years before. It's like three years. Yeah. Before actually Paul comes and gets her and says, Hey, right. Um, he's, he's waiting for you. And, um, he never she, remarried. Yeah. And she kind of thought, Oh, is, you know, how is, how's he doing with Miriam? Like they're definitely together and having babies. Right. Paul's like, no, I'm with Miriam. Yeah. We're having babies. Michael's like, 
alone. He always loved you. What are you doing? Yeah. You know, and so she goes back fully. And um, yeah, that's that happy. It's not a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. <laughs> it's not a spoiler. Yeah, like she goes back to Michael and on her own terms. Yeah, yeah which is very powerful and like that that's an that's a character arc like, yeah like she like instead of running away from michael it's like you know what i want to be married to michael because i love him which leads me to my next question from broken to redeemed will angel find peace in her new family heck yeah she will yeah she'll find peace in her family of course she will um and that's a really good way to put it starting broken and now you know she's redeemed and she's she loves herself i feel like she loves herself now yeah she was able to overcome something on her own yeah she got out of a situation and made the best out of it and created that like home for women and like did a lot of good work and she finally felt like she was deserving and and she never stopped loving michael and once she felt deserving, she felt like maybe she was good enough. Yeah, because you know? that's that's the key thing with this film is because like you could have done the easy cheesy route, like oh, like it's because of my marriage to this great man that you know I I can love again, right? And that's not really it. No, she had to go by herself, use her skills to be a cook, you know, <laughs> um, to escape prostitution by her own faith in God, by speaking up, by having courage, and then by creating a safe place for others like her, she did that on her own. Yeah, she realized on her own that she has worth. Yeah. Yeah. She is worthy. Mm -hmm. She always was, but she had to believe it in her own heart. Right. And she came to that on her own, not because of some dude or anything. It's because she came to that and i think that's the key thing with this story what makes it really good um so yeah i totally think she's gonna find peace in our new family because like at the end the icing on the cake the cherry on top is that it's revealed that oh yeah she gave birth to not only one kid but two yeah in the movie i think they have like five kids in the book <laughs> but like the fact is is that they you know, we all thought she couldn't have kids and everything and she has a kid she has kids so duke must have not I don't know. I guess he didn't do anything permanent. Right. By the grace of God, she could have kids. Yeah, true and miracle. That's amazing. It was amazing. That was that was, uh, that that was, was the best. I was icing on the cake. I was like, ah. Love nice. that. So my next one is, was this a modern retelling of the book of Hosea? It literally is. Yeah. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah. I mean, you would know it if you've read the book of Hosea. Yeah. I read the book and it's... It's between Gomer and Hosea and like uh, Gomer was a prostitute that turns away and then Hosea saves her by buying her from prostitution and like then, you know, marrying her uh, because God commanded it. So like Tully is a modern retelling of the book of Hosea. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you think this film was a good adaptation of the book or do you mean love? I think so. I think it's always hard when you adapt a book into a movie because right. there's just so much more to flesh out mm-hmm. in the books. Yeah. Um, but I still really enjoyed the movie. Um, 
I do like the actress, though, the main actress. What's her name? Abigail Cohen. Yeah, because she actually played in another Netflix show called, I think it was like Winx. It's like this fairy show. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but it's actually like live action fairy show. Fate. Yeah, Fate. The Winx. So I love her in that. And so seeing her in this movie, I was like, yeah, she is very beautiful. And like, she definitely fits um, the character Angel very well because she can play that stone stonewall face oh, yeah. like they describe in the book in the movie um she was great so and and it's just you know california in the 1800s what they portrayed on screen was really pretty and um it was enjoyable oh yeah yeah it was really enjoyable to watch and it's one of those like feel good movies without being too cheesy like i don't i hope we didn't make it sound too cheesy because it really isn't it's a lot of horrific things that happen and, and yeah you know the redeeming thing about the movie is that <laughs> they get together and love prevails and God, you know, God is the center um, of this movie in a way. But I still think if you weren't Christian or if you, you, you know, you weren't so sure you'd still really enjoy the movie. Yeah. I don't think it's too in your face, you know? No, it has an edge to it. Yeah. And that's because Francine Rivers is a born again Christian. Oh Yeah. She came to faith later in life because she used to write. Yeah, she used to write like smutty, like erotic novels. (laughs) And then she stopped. The pirate's chest. She, um, the well hung stable boy. (laughs) She, she, um, finds Jesus and she stops writing for like three years, I guess. And, um, is in a Bible study and they read the book of Hosea and she just kind of feels called to write this romance. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I think it's a source, like a source for a lot of young women. They read this book. Mm. Um, especially, you know, those who've been like abused and, you know, women's shelters have have this book, like prison has this book, um, available. And it's, it's a good story because we've all been through so much and like, it's easy not to feel lovable and, um, not deserving. and. This just kind of proves that you are. Yeah. You are. So my final question, would you recommend redeeming love to a friend? Oh, yeah. And I already have. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I talk about it all the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) you have to read this book. You have to watch this movie. It's just a good story. It's it's a good story. It is good. Yeah. I do recommend. Walking out of the theater, I was like, that was, it was heavy. Mm-hmm. It was thought provoking and it leaves you with something. It's like, yeah. you know, like the reason why it's so thought provoking is because it's relevant. Mm-hmm. It was relevant in the book of Hosea when that was written thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. It's relevant in, you know, the gold rush 130 years ago and it's relevant today Yeah, because sexual slavery mm. has occurred since civilization began. Yeah. Um, and it's not in a faraway country. It's in your city. On your block. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. And it's kind of like this invisible evil. Yeah, and it's like that and just plus being, you know, I, I don't what other way to say other than just being abused. Like, yeah. what is it, like one in five people that you know right. in their lifetime has been abused yeah. in some sexually? Yeah. And, you know, that can make you feel dirty and unclean. It, it and destroys. How you. could God let that happen? You, things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of puts some answers to those questions and um don't you think? Yeah. The world will tear you apart. Yeah. God doesn't see you any different. Mm-hmm. You know? So yeah, I, I would recommend this to a friend. Like, yeah, it's, it's not over the top. No. It's not cheesy. It's, no. it's a very real story that a lot of people go through and it's relevance. Yeah. Go see redeeming love and read the book. Cause it's a really good book. Well, that's it for this time on syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about redeeming love. Please check it out where it is available. And before I go, I'd like to take a moment to thank my guest, Chelsea, for coming out to the show. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, this was great. It was a lot of fun. But if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicate. That is Syndicate on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Have Discord? Feel free to join the growing film community there at syndicate.com forward slash Discord, where you can catch myself along with other podcasters and listeners talking about this film and others. But if we missed anything during this conversation, please send us a message at info at syndicate.com or visit the website syndicate.com. Until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye. I-